you're listening to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins. Today, I am really, really, really excited to be sharing with you guys another guest of ours who goes by the name of Flex. You guys won't really imagine how I met Flex. Uh, It was through a mutual connection and little did I know that he was one of the people that runs Mala. That is the Muslim American Leadership Alliance. As the CEO of Mala, Ahmed has worked to build a dynamic network of hundreds of professionals out in Chicago and across all sort of places in the US. One thing that I love about Mala and Ahmed is that they merge together cultural icons who act as collaborators and mentors to expand and diversify the organization's brand organically through community engagement. Flex used Mala's platform to assert thought leadership in diversity and inclusion, focusing specifically on deconstructing structures of inequality and imbalances of diversity in corporate spaces. Outside of his work with Mala, Flex does a ton of things, such as mentoring students, he speaks at conferences, he's just an overall like great advisor and someone that I am blessed to call an older brother. Today on Empathy Always Wins, it is my honor and pleasure to introduce the one and only Flex Omar. Thank you, Ahmed, so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. And it is a pleasure to have you representing Mala. I know we've just been talking so much about sort of your story. This is the second time we actually hop on a call. And I was uh, I was thinking about how different your approach was to starting Mala than everyone that I probably ever spoke to. And uh, I'm not sure if it was a mistake or not, but like I really want to dive in a little bit deeper about uh, you before diving into Mala because you have an, an amazing, like dope, dope, dope story. Uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about who Ahmed is and 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 and, and how did Mala come about and, and why do you still do what you do today? Before we just dive into it a little bit deeper around your uh, your you know your future and because I know a lot more, but I kind of feel that. Uh, it's unfair and the audience did not get a lot more information. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's my pleasure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you uh, for having me. I know it's late um, in Dubai uh, where you are, so um, it's it's a, it's truly a pleasure. So um, for everyone that's listening, my name is Ahmed uh, Flex Omar, and I was born in Somaliland in East Africa, and I had to escape when I was three years old because we had a dictator that came into power who's killing you know, people, and there was a genocide that happened uh, years, uh, later years. And uh, I grew up in Abu Dhabi. That's where I was raised. And I was there for uh, 16 years. So uh, the United Arab Emirates is, um, you know, my second, my second home. And I have a lot of fond, you know, memories. But while I was growing up in the UAE, I had all these, you know, family members that were getting slaughtered, you know, in East Africa. So I couldn't have a normal childhood. I had to mature, you know, very uh, quick, uh, quickly, and basically be in between two worlds. I mean, we were helping evacuate family members. We were bringing family members um, to be in hospitals, you know, in the UAE to get, you know, different sort of treatments, sometimes surgeries, you know. So there was just, I, 
at the age of eight, you know, I had to mature very, you know, um, early. But in 1994, I went back to Somaliland and it was just like right after the war and there was nothing. There was no running water. There was no electricity. There was landmines, you know, everywhere. Um, so imagine just coming from the Abu Dhabi into like a super developed, you know, city metro metropolis to seeing that environment. It was just like really, sh it really shocked me. And I knew I had to do, you know, something. And what I did was over the years, I would, you know, talk to my friends in the UAE and ask them to donate whatever, you know, they could. And I would just take it with me uh, back in the summer to like Somaliland and give it, you know, to children, you know, because um, this, a lot of those kids, you know, some of them lost their parents, you know, but I just, but they still had a smile on their face and, you know, they were always optimistic about the future. And that gave me, you know, oxygen that gave me um, hope. So that's how of my story started in like working in um, non-for-profit work and uh, philanthropy and, 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 and so on. But the, I do come from a uh, family of uh, teachers, you know, civil, civil servants. Um, my great uncle uh, was the uh, prime minister of uh, Somalia. Actually, he's the one who's responsible for putting Somalia in the Arab League. You know, so there's a video of him on YouTube, you know, in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, you know, um, and, you know, so I do have that, you know, legacy and, you know, at times that legacy can be, you know, a burden because you look at the ones that came before you, you know, like, I don't know if I can accomplish what they've accomplished. So, but that was sort of one of the, my, uh, my drivers is like, okay, I got to I got to do, you know, what, what I can to honor, you know, my, uh, my, my ancestors. So with that being said, um, right now in Somaliland, you know, we have like over 12 schools, you know, so we've more, wow. you know, um, uh, more schools than anyone else, you know, so we're, we're keeping up, you know, the family, um, like, uh, legacy, but, um, yeah, so I came to Chicago in, um, 2000s when I was uh, 19 years, 19 years old, you know, and my first job was actually on the West side of Chicago. Now for the West side of Chicago, people that are not from, uh, the United States and Chicago itself, that's where you hear a lot of the news about killings in Chicago, you know, on the west side and south side. But there's also the story of, you know, the community that's there, the African-American community that's near and dear to my heart. And what I worked on was community projects on, in terms of, you know, uh, developing computer labs. Now those computer labs that we've built um, allowed, you know, young people to come and access opportunities after school but it also helped adults during the day work on different projects, work in there. So we're running so many different uh, programs um, from there. And at that time, we actually got an award from the federal government, you know, for building a uh, social network, because some of the things we would do is we would install uh, different uh, devices at um, citizen leaders' homes all over the West Side. And, you know, basically we would create a social, a social you know, network. So that's even before Facebook and any of these social networks, you know, came about. So I always had a love for doing, uh, com uh, working with, you know, computers, but I never thought that that passion will like take me to like um, provide so much impact. But at 19, I'm not thinking, you know, that far, you know, ahead in terms of like how much, you know, impact I'm doing. I was just lucky to have a job, you know, that I really 
um, enjoyed. And then a year later, I brought my sisters. So now I, it's me. I have three sisters, but I also have my mother, but I'm the only one that's able to work. So I had to quickly figure out how I'm going to do, you know, things. And um, right now, you know, incubators are really popular. Startups are really popular. I looked at my situation is like, okay, well, I'm going to run an incubator. My three sisters are the, are the, are the startups and I'm going to give them tools and resources, but I'm going to empower them, you know, and for our culture, you know, that's, not something that you know is uh usual and for my mother you know she didn't really understand what i was trying to accomplish because i wanted to give them that um opportunity for them to explore who they wanted you know to be you know but it worked i mean the oldest one now is a clinical uh, psychologist um the one um after her it worked as, as a teacher she worked with autistic kids for a while and then she went back to school and she got a degree in criminal justice she does a lot of work in the not-for-profit world and the youngest one runs the um, entrepreneurship uh, polsky center at uh university of chicago it's a small business program and the program that she's a part of has helped, you know, over 92, you know, uh, businesses, you know, so the hypothesis and the assumption that I made of, okay, well, I'm going to do things a little different actually, you know, um, worked. So I basically carried, you know, that model and I built, you know, an organization and not-for-profit that's called MALA, Muslim American Leadership Alliance. And it just came out of a completely, a passion uh, project. I wanted to do something local to Chicago because I was tired of seeing, you know, the images in the media about, you know, uh, Muslims. But then also, no one was highlighting all the contributions that Muslims have made to the American, you know, uh, society, and um, that really, you know, upset me. And then we were also getting so many issues with dealing with um, homegrown terror and, you know, kids that were getting radicalized and then being sent to like places like Syria. And I'm like, we, we there's so many issues that we need to talk about in our community. But I knew that I could not address everything all at once and I couldn't do it on my own. So I, I needed, you know, to build a community. And what I did was I just reached out to my friends. I was like, just share your story, um, your personal journey, your narrative and write an essay, you know, just old school. So it was just a piece of papers that just kept on coming in. And then after that, I partnered with a not-for-profit in Chicago that's called StoryCorps. And they had a connection and relationship with the uh, National Public Radio, NPR. So I would bring in folks to like record their stories in audio, sort of like how you do a podcast. And then the story started landing on um, the radio. And all of a sudden we got a call from the Library of Congress in Washington, DC. And the folks were asking us to come in and help with the archival process. So we, in an essence, what we did was we built the first ever Muslim American heritage you know, database. Now all these stories are digitally archived. So let's say a hundred years from now, there's a young you know, man or young woman that's doing research on Muslims at the time of you know, President Biden or Trump uh, or President Obama they're going to be able to like, you know, listen 
uh, to those, you know, stories. And that um, gives me a lot of, you know, um, I'm honored, uh, you know, that I didn't, but I didn't realize that that, that was going to, you know, happen. And then everything from there just accelerated, we received an award from President Obama, you know, in t- 2016. Um, I don't know if you've, if your audience is familiar with baseball, but um, Chicago Cubs, our team, you know, didn't win a title for 108 years and they won the title um, on our first gala, you know, so I'm wearing, I'm wearing the hat, you know, uh, right now. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, things happen, you know, for, uh, for a reason. And one of the players from the world series, uh, Dexter Fowler donated a, a world series baseball to the gala. His sister-in-law was with us, you know, instead of being with the family, you know, so, and that connection with the team, you know, um, it's just grown, you know, as Mala, you know, has grown and we've done so many community projects now with, uh, the Chicago Cubs. In fact, um, next week I'm going to be doing an iftar, in Chicago and the iftar is going to be sponsored uh, by one of the baseball players. And wow. people ask me, well, like, is he Muslim? I'm like, no, he's not, but he's just passionate about, you know, community, you know, work or what, you know, young people might refer to as, Oh, he's woke. You know, he's just, he's just, you know, a good, a good human. So that's was my hypothesis again with Mala. I wanted to build a Muslim organization on arts and culture, no religion, no politics, one that's inclusive and brought you know people together and was open to all americans so and i wanted people to really um explore our culture and do like cultural experiences you know just like when you go to dubai you know you have that world you know type of heritage you know uh, places you know so you experience different cultures right and to me growing up in abu dhabi i grew up with people from all over the world. And I was like, uh, the United States and Chicago especially is very segregated. And I'm like, how can I bring those rich experiences that I had? Because that was my biggest university, you know, is like learning about so many different cultures. But I've been speaking for a while, so I'm going to let oh, you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, you're, you're a really great storyteller. Yeah, I've never done this before where someone's actually like, but I'm really captivated. And I think that you know, you're, you're weaving all the different pieces and parts of your story in such a great manner. In my point of view, like as a listener, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself and I want to ask you now, like, how did, how did you have the, the courage to kind of like break, break out of this uh, norm of, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're from Somaliland, you're, you're, you did, we raised up in the Arab world, like, you know, our, you know, our, our, our schnitz, like, you know, you have to be a doctor because blah, blah, blah. And you, you are yeah. from the generation above. So what you're doing is very right. out of the norm. How does, how much of it, how much does it take from oneself to, 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 to get on that route? And what, what was your journey like in, 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 in taking that different route? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard, you know, because um, I took a big responsibility on um, taking care of, you know, my sisters. Um, so I had to work and go to school at the, at the same time and then find time to like, you know, be, you know, that uh, big, uh, big brother. Um, but uh, my, my father was not uh, with us at the time. He was um, living in the UAE. Um, he remarried, you know, so there was all these things where it's like, OK, I'm just going to you know, because I matured very early, you know, in life because of the war. Um, 
my my thinking was like, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, to make sure that um, I su- I succeed. But if I is tell there, you, is either, there a pro or is there a con of maturing early? Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, yeah, there, a lot of people, I hear people tell me, hey, you're doing too much at a young age. Like, you're maturing early. Like, maybe you have a couple of years on me. Like, is there a is there a negative? Are you feeling like you want to live the days that you might kind of lost on? Or do you feel like you were just doing you and you were happy? Like, where are you right now? Like, yeah, a little bit. So it's just, you know, when you, so I'm turning 40 in August. So as you, as you get to, you know, my age, you start sort of like um, learning more about, you know, what are the important things, you know, in life. So at that age, obviously as a young person you're like well my friends are doing this my friends are going on these type of vacations my friends are but i'm here i'm doing you know i'm helping my uncle build the school i'm helping my aunt you know teach it teach it teach a class you know um that it, it, it you know what would um at some point you know you don't think about that because when you are seeing the faces of the people that you're impacting especially in front in front of you you there's there's no other there's no there's nothing more powerful you know than that you know to be uh, to to be honest but you know self-doubt you know is a thing um especially when you're doing things that um no one else around you you know is doing i mean who do you talk to who do you explain to? But I have an uncle that recently passed away, you know, who's worked as an investment banker in Abu Dhabi, who's always, you know, supported me. I will always love the entrepreneurial, you know, world. Um, my first um, entrepreneurship project in school was uh, selling t-shirts of like famous art American, you know, artists, you know, to, to, uh, to, uh, to friends. So he always, you know, allowed me to um, explore, you know, that side and so on. So we all need advocates. We all need um, mentors. And if we don't have that person in our life, that's, you know, supporting us, especially when we're at that young age, it's hard, you know? So when you look at, for example, uh, sports teams, you know, the coaching staff is so big because, you know, each, you know, player has, you know, certain, you know, needs, you know, the goalkeeper has a goalkeeping, you know, coach, you know, like there's a coach that's for the defenders, there's a coach for midfielders, there's a coach for strikers. So if you don't have that ecosystem, it is, you know, really hard. I mean, I've been blessed to sort of like, um, know about the stories of, you know, my grandfather and my, you know, a great uncle and my other family, you know, uh, members and those stories help me keep going on. And that's why storytelling for me is really, really important because that moment when you have that self-doubt that you're like, oh, should I be doing this? What, I mean, should I, should I be on a boat or somewhere or on a beach, you know, uh, like just sitting in the sun? you listen to one of those stories and you're like, you know what? No, no, I got to get up and I got to do more because um, there are so many people, unfortunately, that are not in the uh, privileged place that, you know, I was in, you know? So, um, but with that, from a mental health perspective, over the years, I've learned there's something that's called survivor's guilt, right? Yeah. Because there are times when you ask yourself, why me? Why did I survive? Why? Why did I, you know, That's get out? That's what I wanted to ask you because yeah. I feel like I feel like you've done 
amazing things. Uh, but there's almost, I feel like you've done that because of the, the, the hardships you've passed yeah. in, uh, to a large extent. And this almost raises up this red flag for me. It's kind of like, you know, I always feel like the softest hearts or like the strongest people carry the softest hearts, but have the strongest back. And in a sense, it's kind of like what Brene Brown says, like lead with a very soft front, but a very strong back. And I think that hearing you speak, uh, it's almost like there, there's a lot of struggle that you went through, uh, but it turned out into something really beautiful. And maybe I wanted to share, or maybe I wanted to kind of open that, maybe open that, that place in your life where you were able to convert the struggle into something beautiful. How, what was, what, what could someone listening to us right now uh, walk away with that maybe uh, had they not had the support that you had, uh, you know, benefit out of your story in building the Muslim American Leadership Alliance? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the one advantage that the young generation now has is technology. Because you have access to Instagram, you have access to all um, these uh, different uh, devices and, you know, you're able to consume, you know, information. You have the ability to reach out, you know, to people. The reason why I got to where I am um, is because I had no fear because I always felt like I had a second chance in life and I have to do what I need to do in order to um, say thank you to God, you know, for that and also, you know, give give back. And a lot of folks that I've helped over the years, the first question they'll ask me is like, what, 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 what can I do for you? And for me, it's pass it, you know, like pass it to the next generation. And like for me, it's pay it forward, you know, help somebody, help somebody else. Now, if we all come together and have that mentality, the world will be, you know, um, a, a better, a better place. That's why I'm really big on ment uh, mentorship, you know? So, and, and to me, honestly, that's the best way that I've learned, you know, because I learn from, you know, younger people all, all the, t um, all the, all the, all the time, you know, because things are constantly changing. We're on this earth for a short period of time, you know? Oh, yeah. So, Oh, what is yeah. your legacy? What's gonna what's gonna define what's gonna define you? And what I what I want people to remember yeah, to remember me as is you know someone you know who's built you know a community of you know uh, leaders, and that's how I want people to see me. So once you at some point figure out your why and your mission, you know, in life, um, things become you know a little bit you know easier because you're not distracted by all the other noise that's around you all the people that are telling you why are you doing this why are you and you mentioned earlier in our culture you know there's an emphasis so like you should be a doctor you should be you know a lawyer and I and I got that but and I and I did that I was an accountant I worked for Deloitte and Touche I, I worked for Union Bank of Switzerland I did all that I did all that just to check that box for the uh, for the uh, for the family but I, I didn't do it for I didn't do it for me <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I know. I, know I, couldn't, I, I couldn't. I, I think that like our generation like, is a little bit like is a little bit and that's a pro and a con, I, I want to say. And it's a little we are more impulsive. We want things now and we don't want like 
we've already seen people struggle. We're not willing to do it again. Like we don't, we don't give it, we don't give a, a rat's bottom about what someone's like, what my parents think, you know, cause I think that we've seen so many, so many people hurt and so many people struggling. And I think this is why this podcast is beautiful. I think it's because, you know, we have the people like yourself who come out and say, well, that was, that was, you know, this is how I'm living my life and this is how happy I am. And we are chasing happiness. We are chasing fulfillment and contentment. And I think you're, you're right on point when, when you say you want to build a community of leaders, because I think, and I know we've spoken about this offline. It was about the people you surround yourself with or are really the people that um, impact the quality of your life and and your thoughts and, and your surroundings. So no, I just really want to say like, Thank you. I think that it's very, uh, very brave of you to to share what you what you've shared with us. And I, I honestly think that if anybody would like to reach out to you, like how how, do we, how can people reach out to you? No, abs- absolutely. People can um, reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is Dr. Flex Show, so it's Dr. Flex Show. Um, people want to add me on LinkedIn. You know, it's Ahmed Flex Omar. Um, but yeah, if you, if you even Google me, Ahmed Flex Omar, you'll see all my work, all my interviews, all my, you know, um, articles and, you know, you'll, uh, you'll find me. So definitely please, um, reach out. I'm very passionate about, you know, mentoring, uh, younger people because, um, you all are the future. Thank you. Thank you, Ahmed. I, uh, I certainly am honored to call you a mentor. I think we, there's so much ahead and uh, honestly you're you're not just a great person you are a real person it's very different between having there are many great people but there aren't many real people uh some people you read about them and you just don't know if they were like this in real person but you know the, the realness is what we lack in the world and i think that you know i'm really 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 glad that um we've gotten the chance to get to know each other i think this is the, the start of many uh, many more, many more things. Uh, um, I just want to th- say thank you for believing in the show and believing in, in, in us and believing in me. And uh, I'll definitely include the show, the links, your links in the show notes below. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And also thank you for everything that you're doing. I know it's not easy, you know, being the first, but because, you know, you're the first, you're going to be paving, you know, the way for, you know, many more people. Yeah, amen. Inshallah. Thank you. Inshallah. This is amazing. Thank you. Flex, 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 flex. Ay, 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 ay. What an episode. I think, uh, I think Ahmad Flex is, uh, is an incredible human being. And uh, I mean, you know, Mala's worked with uh, Malala. They've gotten, noto- you know, noticed by Obama. They've done incredible things, guys. And uh, the thing is, they don't just stand for Muslim leaders and and, 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 and whatnot. They actually bring together through the mandate of, so so be it Islam and and, then expand that umbrella. And they are for the, you know, conservative and for the liberals and they are for everyone that identifies as a leader muslim or not and this is the most beautiful thing when i got to know so much more about mala um ahmed is someone that 
you know, I'm I'm really really excited, and he's probably I'm gonna finalize it this week. He is becoming a a board of advisor uh, for Empower, a professional advisor. Um, we definitely, you know, we when I look at what he's done, and and I re- I really recommend you guys connect with him. His work is incredible in the U.S. and very few people have been able to kind of uh, take off from the UAE, go in the States and live the life that he's living and and uh, and ace it. Uh, this is a pleasure to call you a brother, Ahmed. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you got to flex, flex. <laughs> I'm joking. That was a really bad joke. But hey, guys, please feel free to tune in. Guys, I also want to be letting you know that within the next three episodes, I will be switching full time to Empower Balarabi, which is going to be our latest show on Empower because we have a, an app coming out. We have so many things coming out. So I am putting this show on hiatus. So if you guys want to sort of stay in touch with me, please definitely ask me if the podcast is going to resume by 2022 or just follow me on instagram and linkedin i'll definitely be active there but we need the arabic show to hop on because arabi and mental health don't mix really right now they they don't really mix really well and this is what the next step needs to be all about we need to get all the arabs speaking talking about mental health but arabi uh, as well as we do in English. We've succeeded with the show and uh, very soon I think we have two more episodes to air before we hop on Empower Arabia. But I love you guys so much. Thank you for giving me your time, your effort and your energy. We will stay shortly in tune for a new episode next week. Thank you and uh, in shortly au revoir.